Chris Stoner is the owner of Baltimore Sports and Life. BSL is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. Other parts of BSL include the networking events, Baltimore Metro Business Development, BMBD, the Business Development Group Paysetters, and the site Baltimore 2029, which aims to celebrate the best of Charm City as Baltimore nears its 300th anniversary. This show will be utilized for discussion on sports and Baltimore as a whole. Discuss the show at the BSL message board and check out the other BSL radio offerings. Welcome in. I'm pleased to be joined today by John Eisenberg, a former columnist for the Baltimore Sun, later with CSM Baltimore, accomplished author, and currently with BaltimoreRavens.com. John, my thanks pleasure. for joining Good us. to be with you. Uh, so before we get uh, between the lines, uh, last night in reaction to the Jacob Blake shooting and the overall police brutality, there were protests across multiple sports. Uh, today, the Baltimore Ravens practiced in the morning but canceled their afternoon meetings. Um where do you see things going in terms of the NFL? Uh, the NBA has announced this afternoon they will continue their schedule. Uh, you know, it's a kind of a broad question, but do you think the NFL, uh, maybe with their shorter careers, would be less likely to wind up uh, potentially – uh, canceling their games uh, going forward. Well, canceling games, uh, I mean, that's a whole other issue. I, I have no doubt. And we've already seen a, a variety of responses to uh, what happened earlier this summer with George Floyd when it comes to teams. I mean, the reaction of the Ravens is a lot different than the reaction of, <clears throat> say, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, it depends on where you are in the country and who your fans are. I mean, there's just a broad spectrum. So uh, as for where it goes from here, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, certainly uh, I think fans need to get used to the fact that uh, this is the NFL population. Uh, you know, the issues that are being, uh, the, the light is being shed on here that are being illuminated. Uh, those are the issues, uh, you know, that's the, it speaks to the NFL players, just like it does to the NBA. They came from that environment. It matters to them. It matters a lot. So, uh, you know, they're going to continue to speak out. Certainly the Ravens are going to be at the forefront of it, I think. Uh, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's an interesting point. Certainly the idea of how it varies from team to team and also by market to market. Uh, by my estimation, 80% or more of the Ravens starting uh, roster is African-American. I think Charles Barkley made an interesting point last night that anytime there is an issue uh, involving uh, police brutality or otherwise, you know, uh, you know prominent African Americans are are interviewed, um, but uh, you also need the the voice from uh, uh, white America as well. So I'd be kind of interested to hear. Obviously, Steve Bashotti's been kind of uh, uh, loud and at the forefront uh, with his opinions, uh, but it'd be interesting to hear some of the uh, other members of the uh, you know, uh, kind of the white minority Ravens and see if they uh, will take up. Uh, 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 some uh, there, but uh, obviously, to your point, we'll see kind of see where that goes, and um, that's kind of a, a very broad uh, uh, topic that deserves more time. But in the essence of time, uh, and let's go through some of the other off-field uh, things. Uh, 
kind of, I guess, a lighter question, but maybe not. Uh, what is who provides the uh, better chance at ending the Ravens season, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs or uh, COVID? <laughs> uh, well, uh, that's that, that's a good question. Uh, I do think they're going to start this NFL season on time. Uh, I think they're going to start playing. And uh, listen, I, you know, I was pretty skeptical there uh, through a large swath of this summer uh, because the numbers were going up as they were and, and Maryland and elsewhere and a lot of places. And it just didn't seem feasible. Uh, but as I watch things now and I watch as training camps are unfolding across the league here and elsewhere, uh, I certainly think they're going to start on time and see where it goes. Uh, they seem to have, a, at this point, pretty good, they're doing a pretty good job of controlling the population. Uh, you know, unlike, say, for instance, college football, where you've got younger kids and they just, uh, they don't have the testing capacity, they don't have the money uh, to pay for the daily testing that is going on in the NFL, which is a big thing. And so, uh, you know, I think in the NFL, they're controlling this population fairly well. Now, whether that will continue remains to be seen. As baseball found out, it only takes a couple of positives and things start to fall apart. And, uh, you know, it stands to reason there will be some, some positives. But uh, I think they're going to play. And so to answer your question, uh, I would say the Chiefs stand a better chance. So as you poll uh, Ravens players, maybe some of the front office as well, uh, do you sense uh, what are their thoughts on the idea of a potential bubble for the playoffs? Uh, uh, would they uh, prefer that situation or uh, do they want, you know, is that something that's being widely discussed? I don't hear a ton point? of discussion about it at this point. Playoffs are January. So, yeah. Get, get there get first. first. The big thing is there's yeah. no bubble now, so they're you know they're on their own here. They gotta you know it's each each man for himself, and so uh, no discussion of that yet. I you know I personally think it's kind of a good idea. It's interesting. I was surprised when I saw it. It depends. I mean, let's see how well they control it during the season. Uh, but uh, the good thing about a bubble is it guarantees uh, completion. So uh, you know. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit more optimistic myself, uh, at least with baseball getting through at least half of their schedule, uh, making that work. Obviously, NFL, you have the larger rosters and uh, also extended uh, coaching staffs as well. But uh, like you said, we'll, let's uh, see where that goes. Let's go between the lines a little bit. Uh, what have your been impressions of the uh, rookie wide receivers, uh, uh, Duvernay and Prochet, and uh, uh, who do you think is? Uh, more apt to help the, the roster. Well, I think Duvernay is. Uh, I, I'm impressed with both of them. Uh, the these are rookies that didn't have OTAs. They didn't have, uh, you know, they're not having preseason games. But uh, they look kind of. Uh, what's the way to put this here? They're hungry, like all rookies should be. But they're sort of unafraid. I mean, just walk out on the field here against outstanding cornerbacks in daily practices, and they're making catches. Uh, Duvernay's, I mean, they're different players. Duvernay's super fast. And, uh, you know, any time, any kind of speed like that, uh, you stand a chance to get on the field. And he has good hands. He's as advertised. Uh, these Both these guys caught a lot of passes. They didn't drop many. And so, you know, Prochet is a little bit more of a route runner. He's crafty. Um, but he, he's open. What can I tell you? So, uh, you know, and he's reeling them in. He also has great hands. So, 
Uh, it's always it always looks great on the practice field. We'll see what happens against some other team starting secondary, but uh, they look to me like guys that could maybe you could put them on the field. They could catch some passes. To your point, it's got to help them going against the uh, the Ravens secondary on a daily basis in terms of increasing their confidence. Uh, so. Uh, something positive there uh, about a second year receiver, Miles Boykin. Do you see him being more consistent? Uh, you've seen an elevation his overall. Yeah, I have there too. I mean, you know, these receivers. It uh, as I said, it's it's you know, it's training camp. There's no game, so who's to say? Boykin. They expected him to improve this year. Uh, you know, he's got all the tools. He's big and really big, big-bodied guys. Nonetheless, great speed, good route runner very intelligent guy and a hard worker and they figured well he's gonna he's gonna make that leap and to this i mean on the practice field it looks like he has i mean hollywood brown we've talked about him a lot and uh you know he's just completely remade his body and he's his speed is just silly honestly uh you know the, 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 the these great cornerbacks that the ravens have are having a real hard time keeping up with him and so uh you know he and boykin uh, are a great pair uh, of sort of the yin and yang of receivers. And, and Boykin at this point is holding up his end of the bargain. I like that the group has some differing uh, skill sets as well. So uh, that bodes well. Uh, looking at the line, obviously the Ravens lost beyond its retirement. Uh, what are your impressions of the interior of the line right now, uh, including the depth, obviously, and got a number of uh, – different possibilities. I'm, I'm fairly pleased at the depth they've acquired. What do you feel about uh, them as uh, starters? Well, it's still sorting itself out there. Uh, I would say, uh, I, I think, uh, I mean, they're obviously set at tackle with, uh, you know, uh, with Stanley, uh, you know, on the left side and Orlando Brown on the right side. And so you've got a good head start on having a decent line when you have pro bowl bookend tackles. Uh, and I think you can pencil in Bradley Bozeman also, at left guard. Uh, so, I mean, he started 16 games there last year. There's some talk of moving him to center. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll be the guard, left guard. So uh, center, the big story there, of course, is Mascara off, you know, off a catastrophic injury, less than a year on the practice field, cleared to play. That is not insignificant. The Ravens do not do that unless the guy they feel he can hold up. And so he's out there. Uh, if He's the question mark. If, if he can play, uh, and and resume that center spot because he was really playing well last year. Uh, the alternative there is, is uh, Pat uh, Macari, who started down the stretch and, and did okay for an undrafted free agent rookie, not as good as Skura. Uh, so they're hoping to have Skura out there. And right guard, uh, you know, they've they, they thrown a lot of assets at it, draft, free agency. I think it'll be DJ Fluker there. I've really gone back and forth on that. Uh, a lot. They got a number of rookies. Uh, Figure Fluker's experience. So in a in a COVID year training camp with no preseason games and got a, a lot of young guys. And Fluker looks really committed. I mean, he's in incredible shape, and he gets along. He seems to be like minded with the uh, Joe Dalsandris, the offensive line coach, who's really one of the best coaches they have. Uh, seems he's had success with him before. I, I think you'll see Fluker there. So Andre Smith had opted out uh, the season due to COVID. Uh, what's the tackle depth uh, to you? Who, that's, who's the that's next definitely one? sorting itself <laughs> out. Uh, it's hard to know. They're trying out. They put a half dozen people out there, from Parker Erringer to uh, to uh, you know 
Tyree uh, Phillips, the rookie. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys can step out there and play. Uh, you know, who's going to – it's, of course, that eternal question, who's going to replace James Hurst? But, uh, you know, right now I, I do not have that answer. Uh, that, that is definitely playing itself out. So with the Falcons trade, uh, Hayden Hurst is in Atlanta. Uh, the Ravens often used two tight end sets last year, which in my opinion means you need to have three tight ends you're comfortable with. Uh, any impressions so far on Eli Wolf or uh, Scarf or, or uh, Adams? Any chance of those guys making the roster? Or do you just see uh, Ricard being used more as the uh, the, the halfback uh, uh, there? could be the latter. I think you're going to see more snaps yeah. from uh, Boyle and Andrews. Definitely going to see – Mark Andrews played 41% of the offensive snaps last year. Pretty low. Uh, that's a surprising number. Boyle played more. Boyle is very rugged. They're not worried about his workload. Andrews, I think you're going to see more. In other words, still three tight ends, but more from the one and the two whatever those two are, they're sort of 1A and 1B. Uh, and it, it could be Ricard in, in that third role uh, because, uh, you know, he doesn't uh, – they don't have that many snaps at fullback. So – and he does seem okay with playing both ways, actually three ways. He's I mean, it's insane, but he's on, in, in, on special teams as well. So uh, I think as a number three tight end, that's a possibility. Uh, th- those, those other guys, veterans, are, 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 and Eli Wolf, you know, they're getting a look. But, uh, uh, you know, Wolf, I know, has been injured a little bit lately, and it's kind of hard to tell how that's going. So, uh, you know, I think Ricard's a real shot there. Lots of excitement right now about J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Uh, how does he appear in terms of uh, blitz pickup? Uh, uh, there, that's always a question. I know with rookie, rookie. Yeah, games. I don't know that that's necessarily his strength yet. So uh, I don't know, but yet he's also on third down. Really good catching the ball, way better than I thought. So I don't know. To be determined on blitz pickup, that's something that most rookie running backs have to learn. Uh, very few of them come in here really polished in that regard to what an NFL back needs to to you know block some of these two hundred and seventy pound linebackers that are coming after him. So. I think he's got some some things to learn, and that would that would be the weakest part of his game, and the rest of it is strong. So, I, I mean, I don't know how that's going to play out. They they got some good running backs. I went into last year pretty excited about uh, uh, Justice Hill and the idea of getting him the ball in space. Uh, year two for him, how's he? Well, he's been that? hurt lately, so he's not been on the field, and he hasn't made a lot of big plays. Now, there's one really good at blitz pickup. Uh, that's his, one of his long suits. So he's got that going for him in terms of playmaking. Uh, you know, he's certainly no edge over Dobbins. Dobbins really looks like a premier player. Mark Ingram is the starter, will still be the starter, is in unbelievable shape. And I'm a Gus Edwards fan. I, I, I want the ball in his hands, you know, North South runner. Uh, I, I think Gus does have a chance to lose some snaps. Uh, some carries this year and justice as well. Uh, yeah, I'm a Gus fan as well. You know, the North South just hitting the hole and, and running downhill. I've wondered if maybe they'll wind up uh, moving him for something later in camp. But, yeah, uh, not impossible. Like, I mean, they really do have more running backs than they need. That 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 is a truth. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, guys get hurt and they run the ball a lot, so they're loath to get rid of rid of uh, good ones. So, you know, we'll see. 
So clearly the uh, Earl Thomas departure has been beat to death, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time there, but there's been optimism with uh, Deshaun Elliott and also the rookie Geno Stone. Uh, all of uh, Elliott and Stone looked at uh, I don't know that Stone is ready to be a starter. I mean, they have had rookies come in and start at safety. I don't know that he's quite there yet. Uh, I mean, Elliott, definitely, I mean, uh, again, it, it'll look a lot differently when you're playing the Cleveland Browns on in that season opener. They got some really good receivers. Uh, I think they feel. Uh, I mean, he's. <laughs> I mean, he 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 looks like a starter out there. Let's put it that way. He is command of the defense. This is his third year, so he does know what's going on. He's not lost as some of them are, and uh, you know he's always been a playmaker. He, in between his injuries, which have kept him off the field, he's he's picked off passes and. And done a lot of things. He's a hard hitter. He was a first team All American. First team All. Yeah, he, he looks he looks the part. It's yeah. can you can you stay? And who knows? Stay on no the answer team. there. Uh, right. He's not frail. I mean, he's a big, hard hitting guy. So you know, injuries sometimes are just uh, whatever happenstance. And certainly, it was the case with him last year. So you just hope he has better luck there. But there's no telling. So the addition of uh, Campbell gave the Ravens an impact player up front, uh, get that interior pass rush. It's also the c- cascading impact of uh, Brandon Williams being maybe more in a more natural position. Uh, kind of what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, a little bit of those two, but what are you seeing out of uh, Derek Wolf, who's kind of a, uh, hasn't got a whole lot of uh, press, but I, I thought he could be a, a decent addition yeah, as active well. active player, fits right in. <laughs> I heard what he said in his press conferences, Zoom, the other day. They asked him, well, how are you feeling? He goes, well, I'm finally home. You know, he's he sort of, he's, uh, you know, he, he, he likes how the Ravens play defense. You know, the attacking, of you know, and certainly with Wink Martindale, it's how they play. He's always like that. Uh, and he looks good. And But who also looks really good is the rookie behind him, Justin Matabuke. Uh, looks like a, an NFL player quite possibly a starter. Uh, and, you know, that's a guy when the Ravens took him in the third round, a lot of these draft guys, Kuyper and all of them said, you know, excellent pick value pick because that, that's a good football player there. And I've seen little to uh, dissuade me from that. I mean, he, he looks like a piece. And so that'll be interesting going forward. Uh, they like to rotate guys in and out and uh, you know, to keep them healthy and certainly all those defensive linemen are in their 30s. So they're going to need that. And uh, I think Matabuke, he's going to be on the field. So two other rookies, uh, the inside linebackers, Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, uh, improved athleticism, improved uh, size up the middle. How are they uh, – are they becoming more instinctual as camp is going on, or do you feel like they're still drinking from a fire hose? Obviously, a lot for them to take on, not just uh, before their physical skills can really take over, kind of yeah, uh, mentally making the jump to the Queen, league. Queen, I've definitely seen it. Uh, Queen looks, you know, he's going to, he's a day one starter. He's ready to go. I mean, that's a first round draft pick, and he looks the part. And he's seems to be picking stuff up quickly mentally and physically uh you know harrison is a little behind him i think uh you know not quite uh uh as active as agile um you think he'll be more situational so, to start the year i think so who looks really good is the, the undrafted guy i mean chris board 
who's been on mostly on special teams. Of course, that's a position where undrafted Ravens have had a long history of success. And Chris Board, you'd want to talk about somebody that, that, that looks good. Uh, big, active, agile. It's like if, if you watched him and didn't have numbers on him, you say, well, he looks like a first-round draft pick. So uh, whether or not uh, that holds up, I don't know. But I certainly don't see any way they're going to be getting rid of him because uh, he looks pretty good. Going back to the secondary for a second, one of my favorite players on the roster is uh, Tavon Young. How does he look uh, coming back after his injury? Looks fine. He looks like he was never away. It's the second time he's 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 done this. I mean, he, he got injured early, unlike, say, Skura. Uh, he's got, what, an extra four months of rehab. So his rehab was completed. I think he was ready to go for OTAs, which didn't happen. So, um, you know, I think he's the slot guy. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He's far and away their, their best slot guy, and, uh, and he's going to be on the field a lot. It looks, you know, he's not a big size guy, but a lot of speed and, and a lot of energy and around the ball. So, you know, he, he's just picked right back. That's a, that's a young man with a lot of talent, and uh, he picked right back up. So how invigorating was uh, last year for you? Ravens go 14-2. and two. Jackson fully emerges, obviously, becomes the MVP uh, for as much time, you know, spending, working, following the Ravens as you do, writing about them, being there every day, going for a season like that and having, a, a, you know, the, the offensive season that they had, something different than yeah. that, you know, what we've experienced as Ravens. Ravens fans for a long time. How, how fun was that? It was for a you? lot of fun. I mean, that was, I've never had a Ravens season like that. Never seen anything like it. Been covering them since 1996 for the Sun and Comcast, as you mentioned, and you know, Ravens.com. Just never seen a Ravens team like that. Just so explosive, just steamrolling good teams, running up scores. It was sort of an otherworldly experience, you know, for a defensive minded franchise. So uh, it was uh, really, really fun, and uh, and I think it was what's really interesting. They were definitely stuck in a period of mediocrity there for a while, and I think the fans were disappointed and bored, and uh, you know the franchise was sort of grasping for how do how do we get ourselves out of that? I think the last couple of years have been a big transition. Uh, the rosters got. I mean, you've gotten playmakers. They've really gone for speed for playmakers and, uh, you know, offensively. And so it's just sort of recast the franchise and it's very invigorating. I think in and around the building, they feel really good about it. They feel like it's an excellent team. I mean, 14 and two speaks for itself. I don't know. It's going to be hard to repeat that, even though the schedule's easier this year. But, uh, uh, you know, if they do play all those games, but, uh, you know, it's a good team. It's, it's just a really good team on paper, and, and, and I feel like it should translate. Yeah, I'll finish with the expectations in a second. But to your point about breathing new life into the franchise, I think that's uh, you know very true. I mean, you had the, the change from uh, Ozzy to DaCosta and obviously the turnover with uh, Flacco to Jackson and that transition. But then you've had, as you said, a lot of uh, uh, younger players joining the roster, and obviously you have – regular attrition but it, it, it feels like a uh, you know one chapter ended and a new a new began for the franchise as a whole and kind of fun watching the progression of uh, uh of this group but i think it definitely 
uh, I do feel invigorated uh, the fan base as well. Uh, so as you go into this year, you do have the expectations. It's uh, you can argue if it's more fun to be the hunted or, or the hunter. You know, I, I like the idea of of uh, having expectations. Sure. I mean that that says something where you are as a franchise, uh, and you know the confidence of going out there and backing it up. But I think it helps that they have. Uh, Kansas City, who has got them the last two years, who is the defending Lombardi champion, so they have somebody directly within the in the conference to chase. And uh, I also like that they have uh, the Titans on the schedule, so it should be a nice reminder to uh, to them at some point that, uh, as Jackson said, if they did look ahead, that you can't look ahead any week, and that you have to earn that opportunity to uh, to, to get back. So uh, definitely looking forward to the year. You've increased uh, my optim. Uh, optimism or enthusiasm just going through the roster a little bit so i appreciate you taking the time there uh john uh, always enjoy uh uh your thoughts uh, and uh you add a lot to, to the area as a whole so thank oh, i appreciate that. it thank you for that and uh yeah i, I think it's uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the ravens this is definitely one of the best team ravens teams there's been and we're in this weird year here where there's not going to be any fans and and you know, everybody's hoping the games are played and certainly watching these other sports. And it's nice to see baseball. It's nice to see basketball, but nonetheless, it's still weird. And so, uh, you know, it's too bad that you have this great team in this weird year, but uh, so it goes, it is, it is what it is. And uh, uh, I do think they're set for a pretty good run here with uh, a number of young stars. So uh, I think they'll still have a good team when they, we come out of this COVID mess. Maybe the Titans game aside, but one of the things that really impressed me last year was their ability. I thought they they came to play pretty much every week, <laughs> and uh, that was a consistent mindset, and I would think that starts with uh, Jackson, but I'll give Harbaugh oh, yeah. some credit for, uh, for that it, 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 as well. Obviously, they're going to have, with everything that is 2020, there are lots of distractions, but you know, we'll, we'll see where they can uh, – We'll see where their mindset is once the season starts, but I'm optimistic in that view that they'll be able to maintain their focus on a on the task at hand. But again, John, my thanks for joining us. Uh, everybody can, of course, read John at BaltimoreRavens.com, and of course, you're on Twitter as well. John, plug your Twitter uh, at Be More Eisenberg. There you go. Thank you, John. And Lastly, uh, I know uh, you're a prolific writer. Do you have anything else uh, coming out uh, in the uh, relative? No books right now. Uh, I do have a podcast, my own podcast that I did for the Ravens this past year. What happened to that guy uh, was a Where Are They Now podcast, basically. Year one did really well. I mean, you put it on the team site, got a lot of traffic, and uh, I went back and found some old players and spoke to them. Uh, you know, guys like Kyle Bowler, everybody got mad at him all over again and, and stuff like that. So uh, it's interesting. And I've got a, a new cast of characters this year. I'm working on that. That's been my summer. So that's what's keeping me busy. Oh, that's cool, John. We'll check that out again. I mean, there are so many names that you kind of uh, forget about, but it is uh, good to go back. Uh, I, did you get Derek Mason last year? not done, year? Derek. I have not thought about it. Uh, after, after, after his... Uh, Somewhere in the comments, I feel Derek needs yeah. some love. So, uh, so uh, get, uh, get him on some time. Or, uh, Be throwing some fastballs. Him that, uh, there you go. Thanks, John. Take care. Uh, All right, thank the you. Best to you.